I got her. Sandy said the first time she heard me preach was in this church. She was sitting in that seat and I was preaching on honey. Well, I'd, I'd like to give you some more honey tonight. Miss Kaylee, she was sitting on the back Wednesday night. She said, Preacher, the other night, did it dawn on you that when we was in this same church singing victory in Jesus, that I got saved one night when she was preaching? Boy, what a privilege. If you all stand for just a minute, I've got a few things I need to say before I tell you where we're going to be at tonight. First thing I'd like to do is say thank God for this church. And uh, it's been like a little whale. Every time I've come, I've got some help. Tabernacle or here, a little honey hole back there in the men's bathroom. Doesn't even affect it that y'all changed the wall around. Got some help back there before. There's a little ordination room. We had a little ordination back there. A uh, little council meeting. Oh, God fell in there. But the times that God did things in here, thank you, church. Thank you for making my people feel welcome from our church. Every night this week, there's been people come from the church, and I'm glad I knew they could come, even if I couldn't be here. Get fed, be in a place where they'd feel welcome. And I appreciate that. I want to thank my wife. Standing with me. Ain't easy being in a fishbowl with everybody looking in. Sure do thank God for her. Thank God for Austin and Jacob. No one saith my boy. Never get another chance to tell them I appreciate them. Thank God for some men and women from the church. Hear me every Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and still come hear me preach. Man from the Bible College. Boy, I love y'all. A world to me. Love Miss Emily. Them girls have been a blessing to me. And a lot of people get saved in this building. I know his name's Taylor, but I like calling him Cuz. Boy. Appreciate Brother David's dad. Been a dear friend. And I say all that tonight because sometimes in the hustle of the meeting, wells tearing up, air conditioning, not being able to keep up, people run out before you even get a chance to shake your hand because we're all busy. Tired and wore out. But I want to tell you, from the people who vacuum the carpet, try to have a good place to lay in the floor. Thank you. Let's pray. Father, we love you tonight. It's a whole Who are we? Come into your holy presence. I feel, Lord, as if we need to take off our shoes tonight. 
you have blessed us on a Friday with some people did not let the ball games and the burdens and the cares of the life to distract them from being in your house. Thank you for friends in this great family of faith. Thank you for some preachers that are my heroes I've been around this week. Some who have preached in the power of the Holy Ghost for many years are sitting here tonight. And Lord, we just want to say thank you that we can sit at the table with the reapers. Thank you, Lord, that we live not in the days where you won't work, but we live in the days that you're still working. We're longing for the sound that'll call us home, for the music to play. One day everybody in this building will face the music and all their religion and all their facade and all their mask won't be able to hide them from the fiery eyes that will look inside. Thank you for some who are no doubt sitting here lost. God may tonight be the night they get born again. Thank you for some who have got should have gotten, according to the world, bitter and quit. But they kept on in the battle. Lord, I pray you'd pour it on them tonight. Help me to hook in. Get us all fixed up before we leave tonight. It'll have to be you that does the preaching. I so am glad you called the preacher. Anoint us with fresh oil. Fill us with your power. But God, if we cannot preach in power, we'd rather not even preach at all. Let souls be saved and lives changed. God bless this church. Bless them, Lord. Help this dear young man of God to have a group of people who will back him and encourage him and stir him forward. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be in fellowship with him. Help me to help him and his wife, their family, their church, our church, and everyone that's here. God, get me out of the way so your will can be done in Jesus' name. Amen. I thank you for standing today. I, I want to read the text and hope you can stand with me if you cannot stand when we read the first verse, please feel free to sit down. In Genesis chapter number 27, if you'll find your place, Genesis 27, verse number 1. I love the book of Genesis. It is where all the goody starts. It's like going up to Green River. Jumping in over at the Bain property. Good place. Freeze you to death in the summertime. But there's a few swimming holes up the stream. Better be careful how you drink. But if you go to where it comes out of the mouth, 
wet fish, sure good tasting water. It's like the book of Genesis is the starting point. And all the goody just flows out. Look with me, if you will, in Genesis 27. I'll read the first verse, and you may be seated, if you will, and then I'll continue reading through verse 29. The Bible says in Genesis 27, in verse number 1, And it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim, so that he could not see, he called Esau his eldest son and said unto him, My son. And he said unto him, Behold, here am I. You can be seated if you need to. And he said, Behold, now I am old. I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons thy quiver and thy bow and go out to the field and take me some venison. I figured we'd have four or five deer hunters shouting right there. Woo! He said, I'm going to bless you. Got to go deer hunting first. Man. Amen. That's what it's saying. Verse 4. Make me some savory meat such as I love. Bring it to me that I may eat that my soul may bless thee before I die. And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. <clears throat> Rebekah spake unto Jacob her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau thy brother, saying, Bring me venison and make me savory meat that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord, before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee, and go now to the flock and fetch me from thence two good kids of the goats, and I will make them savory meat for thy father and as he, as such as he loveth. And thou shalt bring it to thy father that he may eat and that he may bless thee before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Behold, Esau my brother is a hairy man and I am a smooth man. My father peradventure will fill me and I shall seem to him as a deceiver. And I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. His mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse, and my son only obey my voice and go fetch me them. And he went and fetched and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory meat such as his father loveth. And Rebekah took goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them upon Jacob, her younger son, and she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck, and she gave the savory meat and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. And he came unto his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, who art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, uh, Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. 
I have done according as thou biddest, badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit in eat of thy venison that thy soul may. Did I just saw that? Did y'all see that? He says, Arise and eat what's finished, and you can find some blessings. Hey, verse 20 And Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. Now he done told two lies. And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, and I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be very, uh, my very son Esau or not. And Jacob went near unto Isaac his father. And he felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not because his hands were hairy and his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. And he said, Art thou my very son Esau? And he said, I am. And he said, bring it near to me and I will eat of my son's venison that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him and he did eat and he brought him wine and he, did, and he drank. And his father Isaac said unto him, come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him and he smelled the smell of his raiment and blessed him and said, see, the smell of my son is as the smell of the field which the Lord hath blessed. Therefore, God give thee of the dew of the heaven and of the fatness of the earth and the plenty of the corn and wine and let people serve thee and nations bow down to thee. Be not be Lord over thy brethren and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee and cursed be everyone that curseth thee and blessed be he that blesseth thee. Father, we love you tonight. I pray it enable us and empower us to preach your word for the glory of God in Jesus' name. We thank you. Save a lost, touch the saint, revive and stir the hearts. Bless us, God, with your old time presence. And Father, that thy hand may be with us is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If the Lord would help me for a little while tonight, I want to preach on this thought. Having access to the Father. Amen. Having access, <laughs> I really want to run right now. Having access to the Father. The Bible says one of my favorite verses, I, I, I'm a country boy from Green Creek, North Carolina. We got a caution light. Several years ago, we moving up in the world. And uh, at that caution light, I was reminded how confused I can get real easy. And so God made it simple in John 14, 6. He said, I am. I know who he's talking about. The way and the truth and the life. Woo! I'm glad God took all the various doors. Plumb out. I'm not looking behind door two. I'm not looking behind door three. I'm looking behind the only door. Amen. And in the door and through the door. He said, I am thee. No man cometh to the Father but by me. No access except by me. These two doors leading to the back. Might be a back door back there. But I know there's two ways to get back yonder. I'm telling you, there ain't but one way to go to heaven. I thank God for access to the Father. Now, I read in Genesis 27, and people's thinking, what in the world? The Bible says in the volume of the book, it's written of me. 
I believe Jesus is on every page. I believe you can find him setting it up and thank God it's springing out through everything. All truths find its origin. All principles of interpretation find their beginning in the book of Genesis. Boy, ain't you glad of that? I'm glad God don't change his mind. I'm glad when God says it, that settles it. It don't matter if people believe it. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Oh, no. God said it, whether you believe it or not, that settles it. Amen. Access to the Father. Notice with me in our verse, in verse number 8. The Bible says, Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. You see, if I, I believe if every one of us can get a glimpse back in the past to where we were, not longing for sin, not condemning ourselves for sin, but it should, looking back, should create a heart of gratitude and a greater appreciation for where we're at today. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, how big of a mess we'd be in tonight. The Bible says we can have access to the Father. Now Esau has access to the Father. It looks like he's the only one going to get the blessing. It looks like that uh, Esau's going to get something that Isaac ain't going to get. But I'm glad Isaac is fixing to find out what you and I found out the day we got saved. Woo! Hallelujah. I, I can't walk through all 29 verses, but I'd like to look at five of them tonight. Notice with me in verse 8. Number one, he went according to the will of another's mind. The Bible says, in other words, the mind of God in the plan of redemption. Let me put it to you like this. Amen. This man here that we're learning about, this man named Isaac, hallelujah, he is uh, the second born. And it's always been about the second birth. It wasn't Ishmael, but it was Isaac that was blessed. It wasn't Esau, but it was going to be Jacob that was blessed. Hey, amen. I'm glad it's always been about the second birth. The first birth has to do with us getting in this world. But the second birth is the birth that God blesses. And God had already told that precious little mama, Rebecca, that inside of her womb was two nations wrestling around. There's twins in there. And thank God she'd done been told that it was going to be the younger son that was going to receive the blessing and the elder son was going to serve the younger son. Now, her... Like so many of us think we need to help God. I don't know why we can't just trust God. All the schemes of man can't help God do nothing. I'm glad it's, hey, God already had this thing planned out. Amen. You see, Esau had sold his birthright, but it wasn't his to sell. God had already gave the birthright inside the womb. Amen. 
That's exactly right. And he had lost his birthright when he married that Canaanite. According to the last verses of chapter 26, he married a Hittite and lost his birthright. So he didn't just sell it and despise it. He lost it, but back up, he never had it to begin with. Ain't you glad? Thank God that the Bible tells us Esau have I hated and Jacob have I loved. Somebody said that amazes me. I said it don't amaze me. Hell, I, I tell you, it amazes me that he loves either one of them. But praise God, not that he hated one, but that he loved any of us. Woo! I'm saying today, thank God Esau knew what to do to go to the Father and to get the blessing. But thank God somebody, hallelujah, is going to share the good news with the other brother named Jacob. I say glory be to God. He didn't go into the Father of the will of his own mind and neither did you get saved according to your own will. When you, everybody is born in this world was born with a fallen will. Amen. I mean, locked up in sin. I went to church that day. I didn't go to get saved. I went to get mama to leave me alone. I didn't have no will to get saved. I didn't want to get saved. I didn't think I needed to get saved. I was raised in church down the road from here all my life. I went to the uh, youth meetings. I went to the choir loft. I went to the uh, different places, but I never, ever, I shook the preacher's hand. I've been dunked in the water. I remember my name's on the roll. I'm telling you, everybody thought I was a pretty good fella. I didn't go to get saved. I was a mess, but I didn't care. I was on my way to hell, and I thought I was having a time doing it. I was running wide open on my way to hell, but one law, thank God, wouldn't give up. She said, I... Woo! There's a blessing waiting on you. Hallelujah. So she asked me to come to church. And I sat down in church. And I still didn't want to get saved. That preacher preached on every sin I ever committed. Stuff I'd never even told my wife. I thought who done told on me? Somebody has done revealed that top secret clearance. They have come back to bite me. They have found out what I was doing. And told this preacher. And he's told on me. My God, have mercy. I never told nobody that I didn't want to be left out in the Lord's Supper. And so I just went down there and shook a preacher's hand. I'd never told nobody that. But that day that man preached on eating and drinking the Lord's Supper unworthily and dying and going to hell. And I thought, my God, I left that church under conviction. I didn't have no will to get saved. But the same Holy Ghost that got on me at church followed me to the house, brought me back to church the next time woo, and open up the door and that fallen will that will that I did not have of my own he began to drop the shackles loose my dead ear began to hear my dead eyes began to see I began to respond to the pull and the tug and the draw and the breaking power of the Holy Ghost until one day I surrendered all amen the will of another's mind. Now some of y'all think I'm making all this up probably. So let me quote a Bible verse to you. James 1.18 Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. Woo! 
Am I right or wrong? Turn over to me. Turn over in the Bible to the book of Ephesians and chapter number two. The will of another's mind. The Bible said in John, Ephesians chapter one, verse number five, the Bible said, having predestinated us under the adoption of children. I believe that's right. I, I, I am in the King James Bible. Having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of Shane's will. Ain't what it says. It says of his will. Boy, I'm about to have a fit tonight. Woo! Now you say, preacher, but you had a will. Everybody's got a free will. No, I had a falling will. And then God spoke to my heart and revealed the truth to me. Then I had a free will. Then I got a chance to respond to God. Then I had a chance. My responsibility started on the day I realized I was lost. Are y'all with me today? I'm simply saying Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 1 the Bible says and you have the quickened who are dead and trespasses in sin. Now what you are is dependent upon what you are in. If you're in sin you're a sinner by nature and on your way to hell. But if you're in the Savior you're a saint by the grace of God and on your way to heaven. Thank God I was dead in my trespasses and sin. That word trespasses gives the idea of an atmosphere that a sinner lives in. He lives in a state of rebellion. He lives in a, I mean, his condemnation is constantly weighing upon him. The Bible said he's dead. Sin has severed the cord that bound us in our human spirit to God. Sin had broken. Sins is what we did because of what we was. I was a sinner. Amen. And I was full of sins. But thanks be unto God. I who was dead. I who was hopeless. I who was helpless. I who was powerless. I who was bankrupt. I who had no ability to help myself. I was following the course of this world. I was following the direction of the world. The dictation of the devil and the domination of my flesh. I had no desire to get born again. But at that moment, when the Holy Spirit came by where I was, I figured, hey, Lord God in heaven, I I thought to myself, when he got a hold of me, why would you save me? Why would you want me? And I still to this day ain't figured it all out. There was a lot better people now when I got saved. I can understand why he saved Spanky Wilson. That's an old boy that preaches over at Emmanuel Baptist Church. He's a good boy and he's lost. But I know what kind of devil I was. I was wicked and on my way to hell. I had no desire to get saved. But I had access to the Father by another smile. Who was it? By the mind and will of God. I'm glad, thank God, according to the will of God, he tasted death for every man. I'm glad Jesus said, I've got power to lay it down and I've got power to take it up again. I'm so glad today that oh, this precious soul right here, this Jacob, this precious soul that would have never had access to get the blessings, he had access because of the will of another's mind. But then I want you to notice this in verse number 15. Not only the will of another's mind, but the wiring of another's garment. Thank you, Lord. Look what the Bible says. And Rebecca took goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau, which were with him in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. 
You know what? I got to thinking about that madman of Gadarenes, brother. I got to think about him again this, this morning. And Jared, I got to think about him. Didn't even have no clothes on. Anytime you ever seen that man, his neck had cutting himself, running around screaming. You couldn't even sleep in the same community with him. I mean, every time somebody saw him, he's wilder and crazier, and they tried to bind him up. I want to preach another message there one day on binding up the bounded. And it's an amazing thing. People try to bind up somebody that's already bound up on the inside. That's what religion does. They try to bind you up and they try to fix you up, trying to work from the outside in. Can I just serve notice today on the devil? Can I just serve notice today on the devil? Religion ain't never done nothing except nail Jesus to the cross of Calvary. That's, that's all that religion ever did. Thank God for real religion, pure religion, and a right relationship. Hallelujah. Brother, I got to thinking about that man of Gadarenes. He is naked. Thank God didn't have no clothes. And the time Jesus left his shoreline and he went back sharing the good news of witness and working for God. Hallelujah. He had clothes. Because when they came and found him, he was sitting and clothing in his right mind. I thought to myself, thank you, Lord. The Lord Jesus just brought an extra set of garments because he knew there was somebody going to get born again that day. He stepped out of the boat on the seashore on that man's life because he knew that old boy was going to get born again. I believe that's right. I sure do. Because he always told them disciples, don't never take an extra coat with you. Wherever you go, I'm going to take care of you. Hallelujah. It wasn't. It wasn't until later on that he told them to do that. Thank God I'm so glad that God knows what needs to go on tonight. Hey, they might be somebody sitting here tonight and they're sitting naked and clothed in your own sin and unrighteousness. Can I tell you, you can't have access to the Father. You're going to have to put on His garments. The Bible said He was made to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. This truth goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 21. When the innocent died for the guilty. Thank God. Hallelujah. And Jesus, thank God, shows us in this text. We see the Lord. We see Him providing the righteous garments for the redeemed of God. I'm glad the bride is going to be clothed with the righteousness of God. I say hallelujah. I'm the only way we got access is the will of another's mind and the wearing of another's garment. I'm glad Jesus is the sweetest name I know. I wonder today if we sit around talk about a lot of things. I told my church, seems like God's had us in salvation vain for a long time. It's simple message tonight. It's amazing. I got to thinking about uh, the Lord's had us over there, and it's no wonder Wednesday night, so got saved. Saturday, 14, got saved. Sunday, thank God that girl got saved. Monday, Brother Linder goes, he gets them wall-mounted fishes over at the nursing home. That's him biggins that's been in there water swimming for a long time and 80 something years old. That's a wall mounter. Amen. I mean, two of them got saved on, on Monday. Amen. Then another person got saved on Tuesday. And ain't no wonder we fighting hell by the acres. Ain't no wonder. God, God's saving people. You think, what's going on? I don't know what's going on, but one day the license's going to get in. 
And I'll tell you how they're going to get in the same way God laid the pattern down in chapter number 27. They're going to get saved, not because they just went to church and wanted to turn over a new leaf, not because that, no. I'm going to tell you what happened. Thank God we've been born again because he wanted to save us and he chose us and he called us and he came to where we was. I'm glad he dealt with us. I'm glad he drawn us. I'm glad he came whispered sweet nothings in my ear. I'm glad he wooed me to himself. I'm glad, thanks be unto God. I say hallelujah. I look at that old man on the right side of the cross and thank God, no without a shadow of a doubt something got a hold of that boy cause he went from being a reviler to a repenter <laughs> Woo! he went from saying save yourself to thank God you've done nothing amiss I'm sorry for what I am oh thanks be unto God I say hallelujah are you sick and tired of living in sin and wishing to God that something would change in your life you got an empty place that nothing can fill and you got a thirst that nothing can quench Jesus, Jesus can help you, amen, he's not willing that any perish but all come to repentance he wants you to be saved, no sir, don't write yourself off don't say well somebody gave up on me, I'm telling you listen the whole world can give up but Jesus won't give up I thank God that he won't he, matter of fact, he is a rescuer you know what a rescuer does? He waits till you quit trying to slap the water and you finally just start sinking under. That's when he'll come to where you at. Woo! He's the lifesaver. He's the savior, amen. He don't want you to be saved. He wants everybody to be born again. He don't want you to be lost. He wants everybody to be saved. Are y'all with me today? He wants everybody to be saved. The will of another smile. He don't want you to try to save yourself. The will of another's mind, the wearing of another's garment, the way of another's death. Notice in our text, two kids died. Now, I thought when I first saw this, I thought, Brother Jared, something's going on because not only is Rebecca scheming, not only is Jacob going to be multitude of lies, and that's what lies do. Lies start out one, then you have to tell another lie to cover that lie, and you got to tell that lie to cover that lie. And, and I'm telling you, the Bible just plainly tells us all liars going to go to hell. You better get saved if you're a liar. Amen. You better get saved if you're a liar. But, but I, can I just thank God? Jacob was a liar. He is a schemer. He is a trickster. But he got access to the Father because it wasn't ever about Jacob. It's about that other man's will. It's about that other man's garments. Woo, amen. It's about that other man's death. Turn over with your Bible, if you will, with me. Look with me, if you will, in Romans chapter number five. Romans chapter number five in the word of God. I sure am grateful for the Bible. Verse number six. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For yet, when we were yet, that's something that's going to be changing. Without strength in due time, without strength, impotent, not able to save ourselves. In due time, right on time, Christ died for the ungodly. 
For scarcely for a righteous man would one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God committed his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. I'm glad, thank God. Look over with me in Colossians. Amen. I guess we just going to have Bible study tonight. Amen. Look over here in Colossians. I like this verse too. Colossians chapter number 1, verse number 19. For it pleased the Father that in him, that is Jesus, should all the fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say, whether there be things in earth or things in heaven, and you, that's you, everybody in this building that's law, and you that were sometimes alienated in enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh. <laughs> Amen. Thank God through death to present you holy through death in the body of his flesh through death how do he reconcile you through death to which God was in Christ reconciling the world amen how, 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 how did he reconcile he died for us he took our place God was enough thank God he committed unto us the word of reconciliation for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him look over with me at 1 Peter amen in chapter number 2 I like this verse 1 Peter in chapter number 2 and verse number 22 who did no sin neither was guile in his mouth when he was reviled he reviled not again when he suffered he threatened not but committed himself unto him that judges righteously who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed y'all all know the text in Isaiah and chapter number 53 I'm glad today his death thank God brought reconciliation if he had not died we would have had no access to the father thank God for him wanting to save me matter of fact I like this turn back over in the book of Ephesians in chapter number 1 Ephesians chapter number 1 amen I like this. Ephesians chapter number one. Blessed be the God in verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Y'all see that? In Christ. Verse four. According as he had chosen us. When? In him. Before the foundation of the world. I like that. Our life. Amen. In him. <laughs> amen. Thank God, according to you, chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy. So our life in him, thanks be unto God. Woo, hallelujah, begin to work way back yonder in the past that we should be holy. That's now our life like him. Thank God, hallelujah. That's right now God's working on us. And without blame before him in love, that's our life when we stand before him. I'm glad we was chosen in him right now. Thank God I want to be like him. And one day I'm going to stand before him. But it's going to be because he bridged the gap that I couldn't bridge. Hallelujah. His two goats died so that he could go in there and get the blessing from the Father. Two goats, not just one, two. Boy, ain't that a picture of Leviticus chapter number 16. One of them blood goats died and the other one, the priest went to confessing every sin on them and took them to a place uninhabited. 
have it. Thanks be unto God. Hallelujah for the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. He tasted death for every man. Hallelujah. The will of another's mind, the wearing of another's garment. Notice what he said in verse number 16, like I said, is the way of another's death. But then look with me in verse 17, the work of another's hand. And she gave the savory meat and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. She did this work, it's finished. He worketh on the left hand so that he might bring us on the right hand. Job, he said, I know my Redeemer liveth. He said, I I know the Lord works on that left hand. You see, the left hand is where the goats are. The left hand is where that thief that went to hell was. The left hand is the hand of unappreciation. The left hand is the hand that holds you off, but the right hand is the one that grabs you and brings you in. The right hand of fellowship, the thief on the right side, the sheep on the right side, directions to heaven, turn right and go straight. Amen. Thank God. I'm glad today that we have access to our Heavenly Father, not because of our will, but His will. Do y'all realize today that when God picked you out and chose you in Him, He picked you out of everybody? David, He could have picked anybody. But he picked you out. But could have picked anybody out, Taylor. Taylor, I'm telling you, I got tore up the other night. I hope it don't embarrass you, but I'm going to tell you, I got tore up the other night you sitting up here playing that guitar. Because I know your past. And God picked you out let you play the guitar in his church. I know the places I was when I got off in the military. Nobody didn't know where I was. And if some of y'all knew some of the things I did, y'all wouldn't even hear me pray. But God came back there where I was and chose me. I told my church this the other day, I'll go ahead and tell y'all this. You know, I had a little boy come up to me, and they said, Preacher, they're making fun of me at school. said, you know, my parents adopted me, and they're making fun of me. said, you know, uh, your parents didn't even want you. And I said, well, it might, I told church, it might not have been a real Christian-like, but I, I, I felt like there's a little bit of God on it. And I, tell them, I, t- I said, I'll tell you what you'll do. Next time that boy starts running that smart aleck mile, I, I wanted to say pop him, but I didn't. I said, this is what you ought to do. This is what you ought to size him up now. <laughs> what you ought to do is tell him one thing. You ought to pull him over to the side and say, listen, my preacher wanted me to tell you that when your mom and daddy had you, they had to take whatever God gave them. But my mom and daddy picked me out. <laughs> Woo! Am I right? And we as Gentiles have been adopted into the family of God. Woo! According to his will, he chose us. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You know when people get saved? When God comes back there and taps. You don't. The Bible said no man can come except the Father draw. I'm, you know what the word draw is? The word draw is a well turn. We've been having the well business around here, ain't we? Something's got to draw that water out of that well. <laughs> that water can't get out of that well. Hey, something's got to draw it out. Y'all do remember when the Lord came by that old horrible pit where you was, don't you? Yes, sir. And you didn't have a thing to get out of it. All you could do was holler and scream. Thank God somebody loved you enough. You know what? Nobody in here swam out through a baptistry. Ain't not one person rode a bicycle with a tag. (laughs) Ten speed, knocking on doors and handing out watchtower tracks. Nobody rode a bicycle out of that pit. 
They didn't nobody change the way they was doing and stack all their sins to get out of that pit. I'll tell you how you got out. Bible says he brought me out. Woo! Hallelujah. Thank God we have access. We're a part of the family of God because the Lord picked us out. Some of us, he got off a church pew. Some of us, he got off a bar stool. But thank God every one of us are got in the same way because it was his will to save us. Not our own will, but his will. Thank God we're not, we're not here praying. We don't try to go to the throne room in our own filthy garments, but I'm clothed. Now, in fact, I love this verse in Ephesians 5. Hallelujah. He starts talking about how a husband ought to love his wife, how a wife ought to love his can I just say this? If a husband loves his wife like Christ loved the church, that'd fix a lot of marital situations. And if the wife would say, I didn't know I was going here, but y'all say amen. Because I'm enough fisherman, I'll get hung up right here. If a wife will submit herself unto her own husband in everything like the church does to God, it'd fix a lot of problems. I got some women looking mean at me today. I'm listen, if children obey their parents in the Lord, for this is right, that'd fix a lot of problems. You know what I believe here? Here we see in our text. You know what I love about this text? It's thank God it refers us back over to Ephesians 5 and reminds us. Thank God that one blessed day he's going to iron all the wrinkles out because he's going to present to himself that precious church. What kind of church, preacher? A glorious church. How does a glorious church get presented? By a glorious gospel. Thank God we was all blind on our way to hell. But thanks be unto God for the glorious gospel that gave us glorious liberty. And one day it's going to produce a glorious church. Hallelujah. And guess what? We'll enjoy heaven in a glorious body. Amen. <laughs> I say amen. Thank God. I thought I had too much. I'd stay behind there. I felt like a lion in a cage. Listen, you know what I love, brother? What I love is I didn't, I'm telling you, I, when God deals with me about preaching, God dealt with me about getting saved, when God dealt with me about pastoring, it was all God that started it. It was God that moved in my direction. I'm telling you right now, thanks be unto God that he does the moving first and we do the responding according to his will. Wearing his garments. I, I can't think... I can't quit tonight without thinking about that old book of Esther. I get hung up on that book sometimes. Church knows I preached one time every verse. I couldn't get out of it. I love that book because God's not mentioned by name, but he's in every verse. It's kind of like Joseph. Y'all ever thought about Joseph? Everybody's mishandling him. Everybody had their hands on him. Oh, yeah. You ever say, yeah, some boy come up to you and say, I don't want, don't put your hands on me. Boy, I'm glad Joseph, he knew what it was like to have some people put their hands on him. Oh, yeah. they, the brothers put their hands on him, throwed him in that pit. Brothers put their hands on him when they sold him into slavery. But I, oh, man, I ain't going to get hung up. Y'all ought to go check out who he sold them to. Oh, boy, that'll freeze. Woo! And thank God. He, then, then what happened? God started blessing him, blessed Potiphar's house, and then who tried to put their hands on 
That old woman tried to put their hands on yeah, right. Now he's doing time for a crime he didn't commit. He didn't do that. Boy, I'm telling you, what a picture of Jesus. Everybody's mishandling him. Potiphar lied on him. Potiphar's wife lied on him. Now all the baker and the butler, you remember that? They done forgot about it. Boy, ain't that something. You see somebody get elevated and they forget about you. Ain't that something? Just forget about you, preacher. Ain't no telling how many young preachers that you preach to. And they, I don't even know. I just want to tell you, I appreciate you staying with the stuff. Hallelujah. Thank God don't quit, preachers. Woo! Hey, some young preachers need to see you keep going. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! And no matter what, prison, no matter what, no matter the pit, no matter Potiphar's house, no matter if he's lied on, no matter what, it looks like everybody's mishandling, but there's an unseen sovereign hand that's working behind the scene that's going to raise him up to save his people and the whole world. I'm glad that's the way it is with us. It looks like God ain't, he's not, name's not there, but he's behind the scenes working to save his people and the great seed. I'm so glad I'm saved tonight. I'm glad God's in charge of everything. And you know what Esther said? Esther said all that other crowd's picking them fancy duds. They're going down there, bells. They're going down there. To, what's that fancy place, Monique? Help me think about that. What's that place on New York with all them? There you go. No. Fifth Avenue. They go, they, I'm telling you, they're getting dudded up. They're getting them $10,000 shoes. What do you call them? What's them big high heels? Anybody here know? Stilettos. I was just trying to trip you up. Stilettos. Yeah, they got dudded. Got the jewelry done been by Zales. They look like Mr. T on the female side. And they walk in there and the, and the king says, get out from here. Get out from here. Get out from here. But you know what she does? She scooches up by that one that is, is a picture of the Holy Ghost and says, you know him better than I do. You pick out my clothes. I want to put on the garments that will please the king. You know what to please the king tonight? If we just come to church and robed in righteousness. Right. You, know what to help, you know what to help us when we approach the throne room? If we just come in his righteousness. You say, how you do that? Recognize you nothing. You get yourself real low, put him real high, and you'll leave the prayer place real happy. Amen. Amen. Woo, thank God. I think about old Esther. She is the one pick. Boy, ain't Hallelujah. Why? Because she trusted that unnamed. I'm glad, thank God, for that the Holy Ghost now knows how to fix me up. He knows how to fix me up. I Sometimes I just say, Lord, I'm such a mess, I don't even know what to pray. And I'm glad the Holy Ghost says, just move over, son. I got to pray. You just grow, do the groan and I'll do the praying. And I said, thank you, Lord. I'm so messed up, I don't even know how to. I, you do the groaning, I'll do the praying. Hallelujah. And somehow or another, it'll always work out. Brother, listen, we have access because we're not robed in ours. Because we're all our righteousness is filthy rags. But we're robed in the way, in the garment of another, through the way of another's death, the work of another's hand. It's finished. You know what I love about this, brother? The Lord Jesus did not say I am finished. He said it is finished. 
And then I love this, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. I preach this at the church all the time. My grandpa says that you ain't supposed to date. Look at him. Ain't supposed to be sitting down on the job, are you? Well, I know my grandpa catch you sitting down. You wouldn't be able to sit down. I'm telling you, whether it's his foot, shovel, it don't matter. Two before, he'll get you. Won't be no sitting down when he's done with you. But you can sit down when the work's finished. I'm glad Jesus sat down to show us the work's finished. It's all done. It's finished. Come on. Get saved. Go, come, get born again. His work. Another's work. Not this. Not Jacob's work. Jacob didn't do nothing. All Jacob did was do some menial work. He's already a shepherd. He goes and gathers up the sheep. He had a responsibility to respond, and he did. And thank God, when it was all said and done, innocent died for the guilty. Garments were cut off and placed on, and he had access to the Father in a wonder of another's name. I like that. Verse number 19. Bible said, Jacob said unto, said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. He didn't go in his name. He went in another's name. I'm glad they know the name under heaven, given among men whereby we must be saved of Jesus. There's no greater name in ability. There's no greater name in identity. There's no greater name in necessity. You ought to call on the name of Jesus. If you ever never called, on Jesus' name. You ain't saved. Amen. I'm telling you, I went with a crowd the other day. They want to do all this repeat after me, business. And I said, hold up, man. I said, listen, man, I just told church this week before that. I first revival I ever preached in. Una, South Carolina. God knowed where that place was. At least, I didn't know if he did, but he did. If y'all, if y'all have been to Eunice, South Carolina, <whistles> cops, you know, all cops know about Eunice, South Carolina. I went to Eunice, South Carolina, preached the revival. God fell in that place. I'll never forget some of the people that got saved used to sing with Miss Sandra. It was preacher's wives, deacon's wives, Sunday school teachers. Maze of people getting been in church 30 years. You say, Preacher, you make a bunch of folks doubt their salvation. No. I just preached on the Bible. And I asked them all if they had oil in their lamp. And they stood up and said they didn't have no oil in their lamp. I mean, I'm glad they got saved. Amen. I remember th- thinking in that crowd, and this is the way I started meeting them. I said, Everybody in here, I'm going to close this, getting ready to close this service right here just the same way. I want everybody in here to repeat after me. All right, are you ready? You ready? I believe that Jesus Christ died for me. I believe that he buried, and I believe that he rose the third day. That don't make you saved. Just believing that don't make you saved. Repeating that after somebody don't make you saved. And the churches around the world are sending multitudes Tripping them off into hell, letting them believe a false lie. I remember when I was a little boy, a little boy, I say, 20 something years old, about 20 years, something years younger than I am now. I first started pastoring a church and I got invited and said, Won't you bring young people over our our church? We're fixing to have them icebreakers and fixing to have them bar benders. We're going to move the pulpit out. 
We're going to do weight lifting. They're going to be smoke rolling in there. I said, I ain't bringing my young people over. I mean, I was young, but I wasn't dumb. Amen. I'm not doing that. They said, oh, come on over here. They told me that day they had a hundred and something decisions for Christ. I said, a hundred and something decisions because they ripped phone books, broke ice, and testified about what God done for them. Now, I thank God for what the Lord done for them. But uh, breaking ice and bending bars and sawing wood and tearing phone books, I don't know if that's... God didn't say by the foolishness of book tearing, well, I save sinners. He said by the foolishness of preaching. I know I know it's a different gear, but y'all stick up and stay with me. I thought about them, them people the next Sunday because one of them girls that signed their name, this is how they did it. They had a little piece of paper back in the back. And they said, check here if you want to go to hell or check here if you want to go to heaven. Well, who in their right mind is going to check they want to go to hell? Right. I'm looking for anybody wanting to check go to hell. Is anybody here? I want to take your picture first. Nobody wants. They took yes. And them young people went out. Guess what happened? Saturday, they got drunk and had a party. Died. Sunday, they got up in all them churches and said, thank God she got saved on Friday night. Now, church, I ain't the smartest person in this church, but I can tell you this. Lost people and saved people, there is a difference. And when a man gets saved, old things are passed away and all things will become new. I'm not saying he ain't going to trip up, but we're talking about why the honey's still on us. We're talking about when the honeycomb's sticking out the corners of their mouth and they were supposed to just got saved and they go right out and have a party and get drunk and one of them die. Come on, I don't believe that. And they told thousands of young people that it, that's how you go to heaven. Just And at the end of the funeral, check yes if you want to go to hell or check yes if you want to go to heaven. Church, can I tell you today, we're going to go to heaven because it's the will of another. I'm glad he, he wooed us. And he willed us. Amen. Thank God. Hallelujah. I'm glad. Thank God we're not going to go in our own righteousness. We're going to go in his righteousness. I like the way Ephesians puts it in Ephesians chapter number 2. He's quickened us together. He's raised us together. And thank God he seated us together in Christ Jesus. Everything God does, he does together with his children. Woo! God changed Jacob. But right here is where it all started. If you'll read my text when you get home that I read to you tonight, it'll, he'll even use the words, thy God. Isaac said, how'd you get these so quick? Ain't no way in the world you'd take a bow, ass, go out there and kill it, and it'd already be ready. How in the world could you get it so quick? And he said, the Lord thy God brought them to me. I mean, he's lying, 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 and now lying in God's name. He's such a trickster. He's such a deceiver, but he don't want to appear that way. He said, if I, if I appear that way in front of daddy, he'll know I'm a deceiver and the curse will be on me. Because according to Deuteronomy, you've one thing you couldn't do, you couldn't trip up a blind person as a curse. And he said, he can't see good. And I'm going to go in there. But you know what he did? He went in there to his daddy. And his daddy said, yep, you got on the right garment. 
Then he said, yep, are you Esau? I like what he said, and eventually he said, I am. <laughs> I like it. He went to the Father in the name of the I am. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. He said, I am. He smelled like him. He reached over and kissed him and smelled like him. He said, oh, yeah, I'm glad, thank God, when a man gets saved, he'll smell better. Man. He sure will. Yeah, I've seen it happen. Yeah. I was this old dirty uh, boy, and I won't tell you, I'll just say this, he's a dirty old boy, and I didn't want to get down and pray with him because he stunk to high heaven when he came into the church. And I was in revival meeting, and he prayed, and Brother David, I'm telling you, he stunk to high heaven when he brought come down the altar. He stunk up the whole high highway. God, the Holy Ghost, told me to get down there and wrap my arms around him and pray with him, and I did. And when that boy got saved, I promise y'all, he didn't stink no more. Amen. I thought, my God, the sweet rose of Sharon yeah. had done put air fresher on this boy. Right. And that boy still is in that same home and sees me and still hugs my neck and thanks me for praying for him. I'm telling you, when God say he smelled on him and said, Woo, you smell like him. Hey, thank God. Bless the Lord, my soul. I'll say today, I want to smell like the Lord. I, I, I go to the Father in his name according to his will, wearing his garments because of his death. I'm saying it's all about Jesus. It's always been about Jesus. He laid out the plan in Genesis 3. He's just adding it on in Genesis 27. All through the book, it's all about Jesus. Isaiah 6, he saw him high and lifted up. That's about Jesus, death, burial, and resurrection. It's always about Jesus you're going to go to heaven today because of Jesus. You have no access except Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Man, thank God he is. Hallelujah. God said to Sandra, I want to ask you today. You got any oil in your vessel? I want to ask you today. What makes you think you're going to heaven? You go down there in your mama's name? She could have been a good, godly woman. But according to John 1, it says, which were born, not of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. you go in the church's name? I don't know nothing about him. I ain't trying to promote him or discredit him. But I do know some things that he did. And I'll say this about him. He had the guts to look at this drunk. He walked up to Billy Graham and said, I'm one of your cons. I'm dumb, stumbling around. He said, well, you must be one of mine because I know you ain't one of God. So I want to ask you, this is a Friday night. This is the premier crowd. I wrestled with the devil all day about this. I wanted, if I'd have had my rathers, I was going to preach a message that Vincent was going to be running. And when he is going to be running, I'm telling you, Jared was going to ride me piggyback around here. I done had it all in my mind, and God, God just lined me up and got me out of that. I'm scared to death that we're sending strong lies across these pews, telling people they can just go to heaven any old way they want to. You can go to independent, fundamental, Bible-believing, devil-hating, Sin preaching, God loving, heaven bound with a hammer down church and still die and go to hell. You can carry King James Bible, still die and go to hell. You can be married to a preacher, still die and go to hell. 
Yes, sir, you can have a, you can be, listen, one of my best friends is Keith Russell. I mean, one of my bestest friends is Keith Russell. He is a Sunday school superintendent, Sunday school teacher, deacon, built churches in all over the world and still was lost. Got born again, saved. I prayed with him when he surrendered to preach. New Freedom Baptist Church. Prayer meeting night on Friday. Amen. Woo! Prayer meeting night tonight. The devil don't like it. Amen. Korea, crazy. China's crazy. Russia's crazy. And they can all be crazy because I'm going to heaven. Amen. I ain't trusting a Democrat and the Sircrats and nothing else. I'm going to trust in Jesus. Amen. A Republican or nothing else. I'm trusting in Jesus. Right. He's the king of kings. He's going to, don't worry, he'll fix it. <laughs> yeah, he'll fix it. Listen, don't miss it. I want, man, I had it in my mind. Wednesday night, another Wednesday. So, Lord, I've done my best. I prayed. Burley Borg. He's back here on Tuesday night. No, Sunday night. Back here on Sunday night. I prayed, I looked at this girl, sat in her pew, squalling, leaned over and hugged the girl beside of her neck, falled in the pew, still wouldn't come. And then finally, Sunday morning, mama, she got saved. Woo! Got born in the family of God. She got that second birth. Jacob got the blessing. God already decreed it. They didn't have to scheme it. I'm not trying to scheme you to get it. I'm telling you the simple truth. If you'll come down this altar and repent of your dirty, rotten, hell-deserving sin, he'll save your soul. Say, preacher, I don't know if he'll save me. Do you want to be saved? Because if you want to be saved, who put that in there? God put it in there. Yes, sir. God put it in your heart to want to repent. I'm telling you, friend. Don't let what somebody else may or may not say keep you from coming to this altar. Don't be one of them that stand before God and hear one of them, depart from me. Saddest words in the Bible. I never knew you. Maybe you say, hey, preacher, I've been burdened down going through some mess. I want to ask you a question. How are you trying to go to that throne room? You can't shack up with the devil and expect God to pay the rent. Somebody say amen. That's amen. good preaching right there. Preach, preacher. Amen. Yeah, that's right. Can't shack up with the devil and expect God to pay the rent. It's going to catch up with you. going to catch up with you. Say, preacher, I know I'm saved. I know I'm saved. God's not willing that any perish, but all come to repentance. Don't worry about words I didn't pronounce, misspeaking of sentences. Don't let somebody looking at you. Don't worry about coming down here wondering if, if, if you know, can I live it? Can I change? You can't change. You can't change. Ain't nothing you can do to change. You can't straighten up. You can't fix it. You, there's not no eyes to dot. I'm going to tell you what it is. Relieve your seat and repent and trust Christ as your Savior. Right. 
Because without repentance, no man's going to see heaven, much less go. Repentance ain't possible, but it's absolutely Are you lost? I'm going to ask her to come play if that'd be all right. Or Miss Emily, sing whatever's on your heart, Brother Dave. Father, we love you.